Hello and welcome back to Sports Weekly for our January transfer window special, plus a lot of other things. As ever, I'm joined by Josh and Chris. Chris, say hi. Hello, Dan. Hi, Josh. Josh, say hi. Hello. And everybody, welcome because this is Sports Weekly. So we're back again for another episode of Sports Weekly. Chris, Josh, how are you both? Yeah, um, very well, thanks, Sam. You? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Josh? Yeah, very well, very well. Just, uh, you know, stayed awake with a bit, lots of cups of coffee, just waiting for you to record. You know how it is. Yeah, I mean, I was was a bit late. Work work held me up, but you know what? It's all good. It's all good. Um, I saw you both at the weekend for the first time ever in sports <laughs> weekly history uh, well, apart from that time we played crazy golf together oh yeah that's a good uh, point yeah 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 separately josh you came over to my house met my brand new dog oh, and it did not disappoint he did not disappoint at oh, all what a guy he's, he's on my just screensaver is, is he's on the screensaver on my phone just so you know Oh, cute guy. Lovely, lovely guy. Uh, And Chris, we took part in a momentous occasion where we played a corfball game against a team of eight when we only had six players. So, tough times. Tough times. 75% of the uh, available team, I suppose. Good game, though. Gary asked what the score was. Yeah, well, Well, after after five minutes, it was about 9-1 to them. (laughs) And then by half time it was ten five, so we'd done really well to pull it back. Yeah. And I think it ended eighteen eight. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. But we were like eight thirteen eight at one point. Mm-hmm. I don't think it served to be a ten point game personally. Yeah, I think that's fair. very you did respectably. You did very well. Yeah, yeah. we did we, we did played really well, well, yeah. Yeah, especially our two two girls who had to play on their own. Yeah. So they, they they had to cover twice as much ground, of course. So they were uh, they did especially well. Yeah, to, and to... and as well as that, um, we were playing top of the league. Oh, God. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk about a perfect storm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, I I think they knew they had a difficult game. Let's put yeah. it up. That was yeah. the most we could offer. Just give them a difficult game and see what happens. And yeah, I think we did all right. Um, right, let's get on with it though, guys, because. We've got a special today. Normally, we go through the football topic first and then we go through the other topics afterwards. Josh's choice, Chris's choice, in whatever order. Today, though, it's our January transfer window special. So we're going to go through your two choices first. And then you guys are going to be timed on those choices. And then we're going to ask you some questions. Then our main section is going to be about the January transfer window just gone before Chris's quiz at the end. So likely to be a uh, slightly shorter podcast, not a shitely slaughter podcast, Um, (laughs) which sounds bad, doesn't it? It's going to be shite, guys. It's going to be sweet. And so, Chris, I think you're going to go first in your little timed section. Could you introduce your topic, please, before you get timed? Yeah, sure. So I'll be, my topic this week, I'll be talking about the Super Bowl, which happened uh, last night. Or, and uh, I watched the whole of the 14-minute highlights. <laughs> so you watched it all, right? Yeah, I did, yeah. So I try and... Um, I tend to try and watch it if I can, if I think the match is going to be quite good and if it kind of grips me at the start. But uh, obviously, with being so late, if the game's not really up to it, I kind of have to 
give up and get to bed. But yeah. last night's game was fantastic, so I quite happily watched all the way through. So well, same for out. In that case, then I can't wait to hear about it, Chris. You'll have three minutes. At the end of the three minutes, you'll hear a timing beep to let you know that your three minutes is up. Me and Josh yeah. will ask you some questions after about it afterwards, and I expect to hear lots about Shakira and J Lo because. <laughs> <laughs> what lovely women. So, uh, three minutes, Chris, starting in three, two, one, go. Okay, so the matchup was between the 49ers and the Chiefs, um, who were both. So, going into the game, the Chiefs were sort of known for their particularly strong offense with their, their quarterback, and particularly very young, but like a really talented youngster whose uh, passing range is fantastic. Uh, and then the 49ers are quite well known for their strong defence. Uh, their quarterback's not as strong, but um, they they try and get through it with their defence, really. So they were the two two types of team play which were uh, pitted up against each other, really. Um, and then the, the game sort of settled into a pattern of both teams sort of feeling each other out at the start. Um, but then as it went on, the, the 49ers' defence got on top, and uh, whereas their passing in their offence hadn't been so good at the start of the game. Um, as it sort of got into the second quarter, they were instead rushing the ball a lot and um, making a lot of ground up that way, which led to them uh, getting the first uh, touchdown of the match and, and taking the lead. Um, and as the game went on, it's, um, their defence just got better and better, really. And the Chiefs were really struggling. Like, their super quarterback just wasn't really able to get too much going. He was getting intercepted. Um, so they got to about, I think it was 20 points to 10 with going into the final quarter. Um, and then even worse for the Chiefs, the 49ers got another interception with just seven minutes and 12 seconds to go. So they now had the ball and were 10 points ahead. So at that point, it kind of looked completely over, really. But then, bizarrely, their tactic, they changed the offensive tactic to sort of again, trying to pass the ball again rather than running with it. And this just played into the Chiefs' hands. So they were able to just stop them scoring any more points in the entire match. Um, and then... Uh, so then the, Okay. <laughs> so then the 49ers were relying, relying, relying completely on their defence, which looked to be going quite well. When at one point they had the Chiefs back with only on their third down and 15 yards needed which is quite quite tricky to, to pull that off, really. And their, their quarterback pulled, pulled out all the stops and launched a 44-yard pass, which made which was completed, and then just pulled them right the way up the field. They got the touchdown and were right back into the game. And then they just had all the momentum and um, got the points they needed towards the end, another touchdown, and then just uh, hung on for the win at the end. So it was a, from looking completely dead and buried, it was a fantastic turnaround. And yeah, you wanted me to mention the halftime show. So uh, yeah, well, I mean, you got ten seconds. Chris, I got so ten seconds. So it was three words: Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. They have a combined age of, I think, ninety-three, and Ooh. both are absolutely wonderful. <laughs> and there is your timer. So, well, very well summed up, Chris. I have to say, um, I've seen I, a lot I of reports. I should just add: the halftime show frequently makes me want to claw my eyes out because it's awful <laughs> yeah but that was really out. good like a really good performance like yeah yeah really good i mean wasn't it chris martin was it chris martin last year or was it... no it's maroon five i think awful Mars has done it hasn't he yeah chris martin's done it beyonce I've... was 
did Black it with Oak, Chris Martin? Black Eyed yeah. Peas have done it, and they were dreadful. They were Janet really Jackson Black and, and Justin Timberlake. Uh, I think Bruno Mars was quite good. I seem to remember him being decent. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Martin's just a dull man. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't really get you going, does it? Coldplay no, in the middle of it. Uh, Which is probably why he had to rely on... I think Beyonce and Bruno Mars seemed to join him at some point, didn't they? Or, or Beyonce and somebody. He needed all the help he Exactly. I feel like Lady Gaga's done it at some point. Yeah, hers was good. That's the sort yeah. of madness you need. In yeah, the yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Insanity, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. Um, I've read a lot of reports, Chris, that yeah. the quarterback and the coach of the, uh, the 49ers yeah. probably were at fault for the loss. Yeah, especially where were they twenty ten up, I believe. Yeah, twenty ten. At one yeah. point. Yeah. So, do, do you think that's fair? Do you think they deserve a lot? Yeah, of the... I think that's fair from that position. They got they got themselves into such an advantageous position. But it was a tough game all the way through. But they got them. They got themselves into the a completely winning position. And also, if they just carried on with their rushing game, that also runs the clock down more than if you try and pass it. So yeah. we've kind of had two benefits. It would have been a natural game and it would have run the clock down, which is what obviously what they were trying to do with leading. So to switch it up, I know you have to keep it fresh. Otherwise, the defence get used to what you're doing and then they can they can read the plays. So you, you do have to uh, mix it up to an extent. But you went completely to passing and then they were able to just... That just played into the opposition's hands. They were just able to pick it off. Into, maybe not into... I think they... They didn't intercept it, but they forced them to have to punt the ball away rather than yeah. score, any, score any points. So. There was a lot of times that I watched in the highlights where it was put back to the quarterback, no options, and just yeah. kind of, as he was about to be sacked, was just launching just it. had to throw it away. Yeah, yeah. completely. Yeah. And he, he he was under a lot of pressure, but I think a really good quarterback would have made one of those passes to get him out of trouble. There was a couple where he had one of his receivers were completely open, but he mm. was kind of panicked and he was looking only one way across the field, maybe to the right, and there was a guy open to the left or vice versa. And so, although he maybe wasn't helped with the plays that were called for him, he also wasn't able to, he was, I think, cracking under the pressure a bit and wasn't able to to make those passes you'd, ex- you'd expect him to. So, mm. yeah, I think that's where the, the game was ultimately lost. And jo- Sorry, go on, go on. Yeah, no, I was, I was about to bring Josh in and just say, What's your opinion, Josh, in general on NFL? You a a watcher of the Super Bowl? A rare watcher of any of the NFL? <laughs> I think I would say most people in the UK, wishing to generalise completely, uh, would probably mostly watch the Super Bowl rather than kind of regular NFL games. So I've watched a couple in the past. I think for me, it's just... I really like kind of games that flow and ones which <laughs> don't have too many breaks. And uh, yeah. it, it's really funny watching it on the BBC because you're like, oh, right, an ad break should be here. And there's that kind of constant chatter. And you just, I just kind of want them to to just move, get on with it, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I understand that this was a quicker game, Chris, you were saying. Yeah, um, they, um, they, they got, got through the first half, like a, a right lick. I think they did it in about just over an hour, which is, Really pacey for that. Sorry, I, I cut you off. What were you going to say? No, I, I was just going to say when I when I watch the highlights, it watching Mahomes. I've mm. never been as kind of excited watching him as American football as when I was watching him. It always it was almost like I'm watching something special here. I'm watching like a Michael Jordan like figure or a Ronnie O'Sullivan or a Roger Federer here. He's like 
the real deal. He's doing stuff that, even though I don't watch American football very much, I'm really yeah. excited. It was I, I, unbelievable that like kind of this throw he made that led up to their second touchdown was unbelievable. It went. It was yeah. just unbelievable. It was so, so high, little, wasn't it? <laughs> so high and so little time to do it. He must have had like a fraction of a second to make that. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, when he first launched that, I thought, oh, it was a bit of a Hail Mary kind of, oh, I'm just going to put it up there and see, we'll get, see who gets it. But then when you watched it back, it was actually, no, he saw him and he just has an arm like, I don't know, like some sort of medieval catapult and just <laughs> flung it at 30 so miles. And it put straight into the receiver's hands, like completely, completely planned. It was, yeah, that was the, and that was the throw which changed the game, really, because the momentum of the match completely swung on that, what, that one pass that was made, really. And um, yeah, I think you're right about him being seen as like a Michael Jordan type figure. I think he's very young, but he's shown he can do it now. He's got his first championship. Um, so he'll just, I think he'll just go on from strength to strength here. And there was a point in the match where he, uh, the camera cut to him and he, because he, he was off the field, because, um, his defence was on and he was sort of just talking to his coach and he, he kind of looked a bit a bit down but also kind of still quite focused and I did wonder at that moment oh has his head gone down is this kind of where it's slipping away but he came back from that and then played better than he had at any point in the whole match so I think he shows he's got a good winning mentality and the right sort of temperament to succeed for the rest of his career I think. Mm. Do you um, think he would have showed up do you think he showed up Grappolo because he was that good and you kind of you automatically compare the two quarterbacks. Do you yeah, think, you do. Yeah, I, w- I just wonder if he made Grappolo look worse. Yeah, I think he did. I think it's a bit unfair on Grappolo because he didn't play badly, but he he just couldn't make that clutch kind of mo- pass mm. or decision that needed to be made at that time. And at that high level of the game, that's kind of what makes a difference. I think at any sport, really. I mean, it's, mm. it's the same. The higher the sport. The higher the level of the sport you're watching or playing in, the uh, those little moments matter, matter more, don't they? So. Definitely. Uh, I have to say, Chris, a brilliant overview of what was, as you right, quite rightly say, an exciting game. And yeah. all of the pundits I've read agree with you. But we move on to Josh now, because Josh, <laughs> sure. it's now your turn to do exactly the same as Chris just did. Could you introduce your topic, please, before you go on to talk about it? Sure. So I'm going to talk about a two-week period of the Australian Open, which finished yesterday um, with... Well, I'm not going to tell you because I'm going to save it for the three minutes. Oh, you tease. What an absolute tease. Because, Um, you know, no one knows the results. You know, this is coming out live, so yeah. I don't think Twitter or instant news exists, so (laughs) people are probably still waiting to read the paper um, about what happened. Uh, Josh, are you ready? I'm ready. Right, three minutes. And remember, when you hear that alarm, you must cut yourself off. Because your three minutes starts in three, two, one, go. So this Australian Open, we spoke about a little bit last week. Uh, it started kind of in inauspicious fashion with kind of complaints about the air quality and a kind of general bushfires causing havoc in Australia. So a really kind of uh, not a good backdrop to the start of the tournament. But I can honestly say... It's kind of that is seems like a long time ago. I think it was the best Australian Open I've maybe ever seen. It was so exciting. So you had Nick Kyrgios kind of really coming of age and kind of being professional for once. So he uh, got to the fourth round and really pushed Rafa Nadal, who he kind of has this long running rivalry with, which is a fantastic match. Um, 
you had Dominic Team in the men's side also kind of coming of age himself and beating Nadal at a Grand Slam for the first time. And then you had the same old, same old of Novak Djokovic kind of coming out on top um, in, a fi- in an Australian Open final for eight finals, eight wins, which is absolutely outrageous and probably puts him, I would say, in pole position to kind of overtake Roger Federer's Grand Slam record, I would say. And then on the women's side, it seems like a long time ago, but Serena Williams, who was kind of considered as the favourite for the tournament, going out shockingly to Kyung Wong, who she'd absolutely destroyed, annihilated at the US Open just a few months ago, um, a six love, six one. And Kyung Wong kind of beat her and kind of in the same fashion, she's lost quite a lot of her last games at Grand Slams, making her move around, making her uncomfortable, um, begging the question as to whether Serena had still has enough when the players above her are playing better, whether she can break that 24 Grand Slam record that Margaret Court has. And you have, we, also had, a, we also had a new Grand Slam champion in the women's side, Sophia Kennan, who uh, played an amazing match against Muguruza. Um, standout moment being the final set, um, three break points down. Muguruza already has two Grand Slam titles hits three consecutive down-the-line winners, an ace and another winner to win the game. Unbelievable. Um, I think I was watching it with you, Dan. You were out of the room at the time and I was going crazy. Um, uh, And uh, finally, we have a a British doubles champion. First Grand Slam title for Joe Salisbury. Qualifies him for the Olympics, uh, which means that he can potentially choose Andy Murray for his doubles partner, which would be amazing. So let's hope that that happens. And I'm running out of steam a little bit here. Well, you got 10 uh, seconds, Josh. You can uh, just break into a song. Uh, Australian national anthem. Oh, I don't know it. Oh, I wish I did. I'll learn it for next time. Was there a halftime show in this one? Uh, Too late to answer, Josh. We'll never know because you've got to stop talking. <laughs> never know. I'll have to. Uh, <laughs> you were right, Josh. We watched um, the women's final together. Mm-hmm. And I was so surprised that someone like Muguruza, who had, as you said, won two Grand Slams previously, A, was not seeded um, because she said she'd had such a poor um, year or a couple of years. Mm. And B, looks so much the worst player against, or for, for large parts of it, obviously not for the whole thing, against Kenin, who had never been in a final, was really quite young and constantly looked really annoyed with herself, even when she did really <laughs> good things. It was strange, yeah. She was like, whenever even if she did something good she was like angry she was like i could be yeah, better it was... or it was a bit it's strange body language but it g'd her up i guess it it, it worked for her it was yeah. quite a, a bit like this, not exactly like the super bowl but very much like a contrast in styles um you had muguruza really powerful hitter can kind of power through a lot of people mm. and you have kenin who uh, gets everything back chases everything down and just frustrates players like Muguruza so it was really uh yeah really good clash of styles but the kind of to have that presence of mind already and that coolness under pressure I think when you're 21 and it's your first slam uh you may not know but she was a kind of child prodigy Mm. she uh Andy Roddick was a hero um you know boasted that she could probably return his serve when she was like seven years old so she's been this has been coming for a while but it hasn't just been a kind of flash in the pan I think she she could kind of be in the mix for kind of 
many tournaments coming up, I think, just with her kind of, yeah, her sort of Grand Slam temperament, I suppose. Yeah, and she was incredible. She was absolutely incredible. And I thought that she, she really good baseline hitter of the ball, was a bit anxious. Anxious is probably the wrong word, but a bit cautious, I should say, probably about coming to the net because she kept, mm-hmm. there were occasions where she could come to the net and win the point there aggressively. And yeah. she'd come in closer and then start to back away again and, and trust herself from the baseline, which in a way is admirable, but in another way, if she wants to win more Grand Slams, she probably needs to be slightly more aggressive in that nature at times. I think so. I think, broadly speaking, the women's game, there really aren't many people, players comfortable at the net. Men's game, you you see it a little bit more. You've got, you know, Federer, team finishes at the net now. Nadal, like, has changed his game completely from when he first started. But the women's game, I'm not sure perhaps why, but it it doesn't seem to be coached quite as much. I don't know. Um, Possibly because... Uh, ground strokes, the kind of the confidence in having the ground strokes that you're not going to get past aren't quite there. It's, it's a difficult one. But yeah, yeah, I think that would have helped, definitely. Uh, and finally, Josh, you've you've kind of mentioned before about your dislike of Novak Djokovic. And Chris, <laughs> where does Novak Djokovic rate for you on your most hated sports stars? Um... Um, well, near the bottom, because I, I quite like it. <laughs> oh, Chris, get out of town. <laughs> I love the fact he's one of the few guys in sport, or girls, sorry, out of yeah, either gender, obviously, who can, um, he seems to just feed off negativity. Like, whether it be his own or the crowds, like the more the crowd boo him or cheer him or whatever, or just don't respond to him, the more he seems to like raise his game, maybe via him completely going loco like he did at the, in the final, uh, which was kind of not okay, really, what he did. But um, putting that to one side, he it motivated him to win the match. So he just seems to be able to just use it like a well to draw more strength from right and it's because he's the men, most mentally strong sports person i think i can recall out of any sport at any time because nothing really seems to phase him mm. whatsoever a really good rapper as well um... <laughs> but I, d- I do get why people he might he, he rubs people up the wrong way i can see why that that's true especially as it's like there's a lot of federer fans there's a lot of nadal fans and it's like He's gatecrashing the party and yeah. may actually be better than both of them, which people don't like. My issue with him is he is he's he is I think he is the best tennis player in the world. I say that as a massive Federer fan, and I think he is he is better than Federer and he has been for a few years now. But what he does in finals when he's down, it's like you say, Chris, he just he went off the court for and no one knew where he was. Mm. And it's like you you don't have to do that. You're the best player in the world. You don't have to kind of play these mind games where you sort of I don't know whether it's like consciously. I don't know. Maybe he does. Yeah, maybe that's all part of his. Because like, if he twisted, if he's twisted Nadal's water bottle one eight to the right, (laughs) he'd go mental. He'd be all over the place. So maybe if you, so maybe if you don't allow Djokovic to wander off for ten minutes, then he'd go mad, like more mad, and just not be able Mm -hmm. to perform. Like I don't know. It's like. Maybe you're right. He's upsetting the apple cart. He's not Nadal and Federer who are like the kind of ultimate sports people who are just like so professional and so yeah. focused and like. And but he did it against Murray in the Australian Open final, and that's why I can't really forgive him. <laughs> Murray, now, we're getting, now we're getting to the crux of the issue. Oh, here we yeah. go. You yeah. don't do that Back to story time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, can you imagine being born a week? I think he's a week younger than Djokovic. 
and they're like very similar sorts of player. And then you've got Djokovic's level of success compared to Murray's. It must be so annoying. Not yeah. that yeah. Murray's I mean, not if I was successful. Andy, I'd be really annoyed at Judy Murray that she didn't have me earlier. Because <laughs> yeah. if he was born about five years before, you'd have been having, playing finals against people like Safin and Johansson. It'd just be wiping the floor with them. So I, the, the time to be born was when Leighton Hewitt was... Yes, was I was about to say Leighton Hewitt. Such, like a decent enough kind of... Yeah, he runs a lot. Yeah, well, when about and Roddick had. were winning quite a lot. Yeah, quite a Roddick lot of, had a big uh, serve. Like quite one-dimensional players. Like obviously still really good in their own way, but nowhere near the level of what we've seen in the last sort of 15 years. That was the time to be, to be in there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Not with the likes of the horrible Novak Djokovic, eh, Josh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> guys, thank you for your topics. But next up is the January transfer window special. So, our main topic in this January transfer window special is, of course, the January transfer window. And we're going to look at it in general, then look at our the big signings that we think have happened this January. Then we're going to look at our teams, Villa, Leicester and Lincoln, and talk about our memories of the, the January transfer window. And then I've got a little game prepared for the guys. So I want to know first, though, Chris, um, what do you make of the January transfer window in general as a as a spectacle and of Sky, of Sky Sports News's coverage, let's say? <laughs> um. I think it kind of kind of peaked or almost ate itself about about nine years ago when there was that <laughs> absolutely mental transfer window when um uh Carroll went from Newcastle to Liverpool yeah. and uh, Torres went from Liverpool to Chelsea and it all happened did, on Did Suarez move in the same window? Yeah, he did. He was a bit earlier on in it. Yeah. Mm. But that one was absolutely mad. And that was great fun because it was just balmy stuff going on all the time. People were just spending money like it was going out of fashion. Absolutely madness. But great, great entertainment. Since then, I think they kind of realised how out of hand it was getting. <laughs> I think uh, a lot of clubs are a lot more sensible now. And I think they kind of think things through before throwing money at the problem. Although you still you still obviously get a few uh, panic signings or a, a few... Odd, odd situations going on as we'll get on to it um, exactly but, yeah. um, but in general terms I think teams have become a bit more savvy and sensible about it which has made possibly made it less exciting as a windows you'd say but mm. uh, it's probably resulted in a clubs <laughs> looking after themselves a bit better and probably a better standard of squad building and football in general after, after going yeah. on for the rest of the season so yeah that was my that's my opinion Josh what do you reckon January transfer window, yay or nay? Or ja- or transfer windows in general? Do you think people should just be able to move whenever they like? I do. I, th- I quite like the entertainment of having a deadline and sticking uh, BBC Sport or Sky on and just watching mm. it tick down. And I love all the the people just tweeting ridiculous stuff. And I enjoy it every single year that I've seen, uh, seen Mo Salah in Tesco in Bromley or somewhere. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, love all that. I think, I, to be honest, I, I wouldn't be too sad if the January transfer window just closed and you just had a summer transfer window. It might, I think it made the summer one a little bit more, even more interesting. And it just seems that, yeah, like you say, Chris, the clubs are a bit more cautious now. They're only reinforced if they absolutely have to. You almost, yeah, I kind of think maybe it 
it might be an option to kind of just leave January. You overpay for players. No one really wants to buy. And I think it's almost to kind of placate like your owner or your fans if so, if someone really kind of goes for a big signing. Mm. I, uh, yeah, I kind of think it's... I still think it's useful though, especially with like injuries and things. Cause... Yeah, I feel like it's a good top-up window, isn't it? Yeah. Cause, like, top, like, top up your squad in the places that need it. Villa are a really good should. example, actually, because I, I'm sure Dan will speak about Villa himself in a minute, but me as a neutral looking at them, they were really unlucky to lose their starting goalkeeper and really unlucky to use their only decent centre-forward to mm. long-term six- to nine-month injuries. So if there was and no the January transfer window, as well. they would just be mm. completely... Yeah, in a lot of trouble for the rest of the season. Whereas, which we still might be, but yeah, we are anyway. But at least (laughs) least we had the opportunity. It gave you the chance to to invest and get some guys in to to take up that slack. So for for same same as the likes of Crystal Palace for me, who knew they were struggling for goals, so were able to go out and get a centre forward and fill in the position they wanted to fill in. Um, Teams like that is I think it's vital for them. Teams like Liverpool, maybe it's not, even though they did strengthen. it is really important, I think, for the teams at the bottom to be able to have that opportunity to strengthen. However, you could also say the same thing as the, the likes of West Ham or Everton, uh, people like that, who maybe not even Everton in this one, but they could have done because they were in trouble and they've got the spending power, could have then spent to get them out of trouble and maybe that could be deemed unfair. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. But we're going to move on first to talk about the big the big stories of the January transfer window. And I think the first place I'm going to start is Chelsea. Transfer ban lifted and didn't bring in a player. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Chris? Because they let quite a few go. Not None anywhere near the first team, of course, but yeah. didn't decide more low, anybody. Yeah, it was a bit, a bit odd, wasn't it, really? Because um, they'd sort of obviously been quite aggrieved to, be, to have this uh, transfer ban put on them in the first place. And it got lifted earlier than I think it was originally meant to. Yeah. So it's an opportunity there. And I think Lampard really wanted to get some players in, particularly um, in the striking position to boost. Well, they spoke about Edison Cavani, didn't they? Yeah. In, in press conferences. And he said about how good he was. And then nothing materialized. Yeah, nothing happened there. And then they were looking at Mertens at Napoli. And mm. then, um, but I don't think that didn't happen for, for whatever reason as well. I think. Mertens can probably leave for free on the summer and have his pick of wherever he wants to go. So, and I think Napoli need need him as well in their position. So, yeah. So it just for whatever reason didn't happen. And then Giroud really wanted to leave to play before yeah. France, so he could get in, get his eye in or get some football in before he plays for France at the Euros. But so he's so now you've got a pretty upset Giroud hanging around the training ground, which probably isn't too happy. And Lampard's just not using him. He clearly doesn't trust him or think he fits his system anymore so you had to come out of it worse than when they went into it yeah even though no one's yeah come in or left really of, of no but well i mean they've lost lost the mighty danny drink water but apart from that <laughs> yeah yeah i agree yeah. 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 say he is mighty <laughs> yeah um josh how many premier league winners medals you got dan in my mind <laughs> on fifa or in real life <laughs> very different um zero but you know only one less than danny Drinkwater. so yeah that's fair yeah. yeah um josh the big deal though really if we're looking at the deals that were were sanctioned let's say 
probably was Bruno Fernandes to Manchester United for a reported £68 million. Good bit of business for you because he seemed to be very tidy on the ball um, in their most recent game, I think against Wolves. Um, But didn't necessarily create an awful lot. But then who's he going to create for when he's got Martial to aim for and he's lazy? Um, Also, Manchester United signed Nathan Bishop from Southend and uh, Odion Igalo, which we'll go through later on. But Mm. what do you make of their business, especially Bruno Fernandes? I think think it's good that they're spending money, that they've not kind of... that they kind of trust Solskjaer to build a team. It kind of shows like a level of faith in the manager that they're going to spend kind of 60 odd million for a player when they they've had struggles in the season and you it's almost like you you can kind of invest or you can kind of get rid of your manager and kind of start again maybe next season but yeah it shows that they they want to persist with Solskjaer I think yeah um, I think I think it shows that confidence that they've got in Solskjaer I suppose if they're going to if they're willing to let him spend 68 million pounds Mm. And it is definitely a position they need. I mean, they've just they've got amazing attackers, yeah, and just no, no one to provide for them. So yeah, I agree. Look tidy at Wolves. Um, and to be fair, lots of the pace of the Premier League for like lots of midfielders coming in is is really difficult to kind of keep up with. So to have like a, a debut where you where you look comfortable can't be a bad thing. Um, I think I guess time will tell. It's it's not a position that Man United have been particularly strong in, I'd say, in recent kind of last three, four years. I mean, Pogba's kind of shone in patches. Yeah. But have they really filled it since you Michael Carrick? And I, I wouldn't say so. No, and I think the only the only saving grace is that Fred has started to look like some sort of player this season. And I think without him, it'd be even worse because Fred has actually stepped up to the plate, I'd say, especially in recent months, uh, which is is finally good to see. Chris, we move down to London now and uh, Tottenham brought in Gedson Fernandez from Benfica on loan and then Steven Bergwine from uh, PSV and just down the road at West Ham, West Ham brought in Jared Bowen from Hull. What do you make of the, the two bits of business from the two clubs? Um, well, I think, yeah, I don't know much about Bergwine, but he uh, took Great his goal, goal. well at the weekend. Yeah, brilliant. Really is is it the best um, goal from a debutant ever? I was, I, was, uh, I had way more. That'll go. There. That'll go to Luke Nillis, um, Aston Villa legend. He uh, okay. search afterwards genuinely against Chelsea. Brilliant goal. <laughs> Game after or two games afterwards, he was going to be. I'm going to honestly going to be Villa's best player ever. I, I'm not even going to lie. I think he was going to be that good people talked about him as being brilliant he was just into his 30s we bought him i think from psv and he was brilliant scored an excellent goal i think against chelsea on his debut game afterwards or a couple of games later went to ipswich um richard wright absolutely crippled him he had to retire through injury oh really oh, yeah story, there's a picture of his leg completely bending the wrong way around richard wright's leg oh, right. Just search it. Luke Nillis. L-U-L-U-C. What a great way to spell Luke. Nillis. Oh, the one that could have been. Um, anyway, Josh, uh, please continue. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, the. <clears throat> yeah, another great 
goal on debut at Aguero's for Man City, I remember, against Swansea. It's, he battered one fair. in from about 30 yards, I think. Another in that game as well, didn't he? Uh, that was pretty good. Um, yeah, so yeah, Bergwijn started fast, so I think he looks a good addition. I don't think it was quite what Spurs maybe needed, because they're still missing a striker, aren't they? Which yeah. Mourinho was moaning about quite a bit over the window. So they didn't actually address the position I think he most wanted. But Bergwijn looks a good addition. Um, and that Lucas Moura started up front against Man City. Yeah, that was a bit different, wasn't it? So mm. using going for like a pacey option. But um, it stretched the play and helped. He set up the goal, didn't he, for uh, Bergwijn? He did, yeah. Chipped pass, great bit of vision. Great there, ball, so. yeah. yeah. But the, the, the ability to chest the ball that low down mm. and then take it on the full volley within yeah. a split second without really even looking up at the goal and then celebrating before it even hit the back of the net. Yeah. I mean, It was quite unusual for chest control because it normally loops up, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, he deliberately absolutely. seems to knock it down to get the strike away quickly. Really the player good. I'm really excited about is Bowen at, uh, yeah. at West Ham. I think he's a really fantastic player from absolutely what I've seen of him and what I've read. He seems to be completely two-footed, which is a mm. massive advantage. Uh, and, and he's capable. <laughs> capable of scoring by cutting inside and going on the outside and, and striking it cleanly across the keeper into the corner. So so he scored, I think, 22 goals, I think. Yeah, something like that. He scored a lot of that. goals for Hull. He's got a lot for Hull. So I think he's going to be a great addition. I'm slightly surprised he went to West Ham because of the trouble they look in, actually. But um, well, apparently Crystal I think they Palace... probably just thought we'll have to throw a bit of yeah, the problem. And, but well, I think I... they've identified a great player there. I think Crystal Palace and Villa both put in apparently £16 million bids. They were rejected. Neither were willing to pay more. Yeah. West Ham ended up paying 20 rising to about 25 for yeah. him. So it is a bit of a gamble coming from the Championship. But if he scores as many goals or even anywhere near as many goals for West Ham, then he's going to fire them out of trouble because they are yeah. in a lot of trouble at the minute, which is worrying to... for, the, like, for the teams around them. Yeah. If I was to have a put a bet on that, I'd say probably... I think he probably will help keep them up. I think that's he's a big enough signing to be able to do that. And I think he'll probably get, I don't know, five goals minimum before the end of the year. Yeah. And I think that'll really I, get I think them between five and ten. He's got so, some uh, pace yeah. on it. And yeah, so I think, really yeah, like you say, the other clubs around should be a bit concerned about that signing, I think. Because mm. without him, I think West Ham were really looking pretty, pretty poor. Well, they looked pretty poor the weekend, throwing away a 3-1 lead. But, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, agree. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but it wasn't just big signings in January. Strange, always get strange <laughs> stories. Um, I don't think it was January. I think it might have been January. But we, I know we spoke before we started recording about Peter Odenwingy driving up to QPR and waiting in the car park <laughs> until he signed, only to realise that he didn't sign and having to drive all the way back to, I think Stoke or West Brom, whichever club he was at at the time. Which is just a strange story. But even more strange stories this January, Josh, because Man United, as I've already mentioned, signed Odia Nigalo from uh, Shanghai Shenhua. Obviously played for Watford and scored 39 goals in a, a 99 matches for Watford. Strange signing, but a good one? Or... Because I can't work it out. Although, now you've given me that stat, I didn't know he'd scored quite as many as that. I thought he, he was very much... He went through a real, real purple patch of scoring in pretty right. much every game and then kind of went off the boil. So I think my comparison with Timu Puki's a bit unfair. I, th- I think Puki's purple patch is quite a bit... He's like one grape and, you know, he's a whole bunch of grapes of purple. <laughs> I'm not going to persist with that analogy. It's awful. But yeah, <laughs> really bad, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think 
it doesn't really seem like a Manchester United signing. Maybe I'm pining for days. I'm not pining at all. I'm very happy about it. But there were days gone by when, even when like Falcao joined, he was like a real, like he didn't perform, but he was like a real household name. Everyone knew about Falcao and it was exciting that he was coming to the Prem. And he just, Agarlo, you know, plays for Watford, gets a few goals. It, it's, it doesn't seem like a Man United signing. He, 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 may, do, he may do well, he may score a few. But I, that he got reject, you know, got kind of uh, sold by Watford to, you know, too early in his career, you would think, to be going to China kind of shows you that, you know, he shouldn't really be Man United standard, I wouldn't say. It's no. a strange, very strange one. Well, they've signed him on loan to the end of the season. He's 30 years old. And the rumour is that they're paying him £240,000 a week to be there. 140000 in wages, I think, and a £4 million loan fee. Which is oh, an awful lot of money. Great for gig for Egalo. Gets to oh, play massive, for his, oh, massive. his yeah, dream yeah. club for six yeah. months and gets paid very handsomely for it. Well, the and- other thing is that it seemed like Haaland was available. It seemed like he wanted to come to United. It seemed like because he's spoken about how United were his club when he was growing up, going to play for a Norwegian manager, in Ol- a Norwegian legend, in fact, in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, it seemed like the move was there to be had, and yet it didn't seem I like that was sh- ever going to be materialised to Man United. I heard a rumour that, because Haaland's dad's Alf Inge Haaland, mm. who got his leg broken by Roy Keane, yeah. I think he said no. I oh, don't, I, Really? Uh, yeah, I heard a rumour he's just he won't ever go to Man United because of that. Surely Dortmund wouldn't let him go after his start to. Well, to no, this... obviously. Oh, this not was now, before he went to Dortmund. This is before he went to Dortmund. Ah, right, was, okay. Dortmund bought him in January yeah. for what was it? Oh, yeah, eighteen he'll... million pounds or something? Because he had yeah. a low release clause. Yeah, uh, he'll be at Dortmund worth, for two hundred million pounds, something like that. Yeah, I could see him being at Dortmund for at least eighteen months, I'd say. Easy. But he's yeah. he's an incredible player. Like he's he's brilliant. He started on fire, but he was doing this at Salzburg as well. He's done it yeah. in the Champions League. He's like the next great striker, I think. Well, what has he scored? Eight, eight goals in less than three games or something like that. Seven yeah. goals in less than three. He's games. joint tenth top scorer in the Bundesliga. <laughs> and he's only been there for uh, ten days or something. He's gonna get bored of the Bundesliga, surely. He needs <laughs> Well that's a good he... league though, isn't it? I mean it's not like it's a the Farmers League, like it's no, exactly. it's, it's, but, it's a good, decent standard, and he's just ripping it up. So I think the the sky's the limit as far as he's concerned. Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah, that's, he, that's obviously an incredible deal for Dortmund. But we move on to another strange deal because Wigan left back Anthony Robinson almost joined AC Milan for ten million pounds. He flew to Italy. He under, I think he undertook his medical, mm. but needed further tests. Yeah. To, to be able to go and he didn't have the time because he needed 72 hours to con- complete those tests which he yeah. didn't have because he went on deadline day yeah. and therefore had to then travel all the way back to Wigan <laughs> thinking you're going to go to Milan, play for AC Milan, live in Milan and he has to go back and play in the championship for Wigan. That would have been which... quite, quite a come down coming back to Wigan after that. Honestly. <laughs> no offence I mean... to our Wigan listeners. No, of course not and Wigan's probably I've not heard great things, but we're going to be fair. The pie's better in Wigan. Yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's got that for it. So. Yeah, and it's got rugby league, which I've heard is good. I guess I always think because um, there's so much money in football, like things can't shouldn't go wrong when they're like millions of pounds being exchanged mm. for players. But like, how has that been allowed to go through on deadline day when like there would have been 
potential that there'd be more tests if they might have yeah. kind of failed a medical. I don't well, I, I, yeah, I, I think they were just assuming that he would pass it. Totally I, I thought they were just assuming yeah. that there was nothing wrong because he, I think he joined Wigan from Everton for about 1.3 million last year. And then has since obviously attracted interest from AC Milan of all. Yeah, it's places. a bit weird all round, really, because Everton let him go because he's about. They've got guys who they think Everton think Everton have players they think are better than him, which yeah. is why they let him go, like in that left back position, mm. even their younger players. And yet, yeah, AC Milan have obviously seen something, and then in him though, I suppose. But then, <laughs> if you're gonna go to any club and you're a bit medically dodgy. Ace Milan's the best place to go because, like, they got Maldini playing until he was 40, Costa yeah. Curta until he was 42, <laughs> Nesta. I mean, just go, it'll, be, it'll get sorted out there while you're there, even if you've got a bit of a niggle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they should have just pushed it through, to be honest, and rely yeah. on their great doctors. So. I mean, I couldn't agree more, but we move on from one crazy transfer story where a player flew out only to be disappointed to another crazy transfer story that Chris drew our attention to where a player flew out only to be really disappointed because Barcelona pulled out of a deal for striker Cedric Bacambu. He was already on his way to Spain from South Korea and then got a phone call from Eric Abidal saying, actually now mate, we pulled out the deal. So <laughs> sling you up. See you later. Um, yeah, I think he was trying to be signed from Beijing Guam. Um, 28 years old, thought he got his dream move, only to be told, no, you're not going anywhere. I mean, how, how does he feel, Josh? Oh, like that, just like a sigh, but <laughs> a much bigger sigh because he's just, <laughs> he could have played for Barcelona and thought he was going to, and he hasn't. I, I, yeah, I can't even, it's interesting, actually, this trend of, or like the last a couple of players we've discussed have been coming back from China. There was, there was talk like a couple of seasons ago that, you know, they could, the Chinese league such were the wages they were paying, they could really compete. But it seems that maybe the, the competition isn't sufficient to kind of keep some players interested, want to come back well, on their own. I think there's also been some kind of financial restraints put in place where yeah, clubs are, not, are no longer allowed to spend all of the money they wish. <laughs> which kind of does show that it kind of was all about the money yeah absolutely yeah. but i mean even them... worse for him that he because, because they weren't allowed to train in china because the i think the chinese super league had been suspended because of the coronavirus so he was actually in south korea in a training camp with his team <laughs> so he'd already flown from south korea to hong kong and he'd done the first leg only to then be told that they've moved on to different targets and he was no longer required do I mean, how quickly Barca are they moving on from? Well, but yeah, pass, almost certainly. But how quickly <laughs> are they moving on from one target to another? That he's gone on a plane to go from South Korea to Hong Kong, which I'd estimate at being four hours, Two three hours. hours yeah. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, and they'd already decided whilst in the air that they're like, actually, let's just sack him off and move on to different targets. <laughs> how hard what, is I, that? what I don't get is how are all these guys being allowed to fly out of China all the time? Like, there's loads of travel restrictions. I don't get that. And, and, like, we struggled to get a load of, like, British nationals back because China were, like, they had to go through loads of paperwork, all this stuff. Meanwhile, yeah. just flying footballers out <laughs> willy-nilly halfway across the world. I wouldn't... Well, the only like, how thing is Igalo? Igalo came from the middle of China. So how is he yeah, being allowed to just fly into the middle in of Manchester? <laughs> he should be in quarantine allowed to have weeks? a training camp? Because I know that this club, uh, Beijing Guan, were on a training camp in hong kong ah, okay. so it's whether they're actually in china at all 
Can you imagine the story though, if the in. coronavirus just germinated in a football club and started <laughs> to spread, and the league was like cancelled? Yeah, I just can't. Let's not go there. I thought United <laughs> signed Agallo to then send him to Liverpool so that they wouldn't win the league. It's like oh. a final act of defiance to preserve yeah. Fergie's legacy. I mean, <laughs> really? I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> I would not. But I mean. A lot of strange transfer signings. And I imagine there's been a lot of strange transfer signings in your own clubs. Wow. So I want to know a bit about your own clubs and I'll tell you a bit about mine too. So, Chris, any amazing Lincoln January signings that, that spring to mind? Um, I had a look through this um, and I really struggled. Like We, <laughs> we tend to just do all our business in... Uh, in the summer but one thing i would mention this january transfer window has been quite interesting actually because we've signed on loan a guy called connor coventry from west ham who's like a really highly regarded like under england under 20 international who's like a really good prospect coming up so to get him on loan at lincoln is quite a impressive piece of business actually and uh he's been joined by another um londoner um have you guys ever watched red dwarf uh, I haven't actually. Not, uh, um, not regularly. Not reg- it's, Dan, do you remember the cat? The sort of uh, very cool kind of character. Yeah. Yeah. So Lincoln have signed his nephew. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the cat's nephew is now playing up front for Lincoln City. Oh, and he's on loan crazy. Which is mad. And he scored the other day. So that was, that was really good. It's, to it's see. not Eddie and Katia, is it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just knew no, it's, uh, it. Tyrese John Jules. So uh, there's no yeah. that Danny thing. John Jules. The, oh, uh, the actor. wow, that's that yeah. is. I mean, yeah, that is this, this window is really. probably the most interesting one I, I can remember. Really, yeah. Josh, any any great signings for Leicester in January that that you can think of? Well, as someone who maybe is considered not having the January transfer window, I clearly don't support Leicester very well because we've had some amazing January transfers. (laughs) So you could pick like three players from kind of title winning season. Drinkwater came in January. Um, There was Riyad Mahrez, 450k. What a sign. (laughs) What possibly kind of top five signings ever for 450,000. Unbelievable. It was incredible. Danny Drinkwater came to in then January. Sell him, to then sell him off for £60 million as well to Man City. That so is. A huge profit, that. Indeed. Indeed. And yeah, indeed, he more recently came in January no. as well. So indeed, indeed. Very kind of cool operators in January, I'd say. I mean, you've made the, made some good business in January, I have to say. that that is Those are three great Danny Drinkwater aside that, deals. That's um, really interesting because <laughs> I assumed they'd come in like the summer but so it seems like less to sign these guys give them a few months to get up to speed and then it's the next year when they really yeah. come on as really really excellent players yeah. well, there, there was a time that um anthony knockart knockart whatever yeah. people call him was keeping riyad Mahrez out of the side wasn't there yeah um, for leicester they were quite they were quite similar players at the time mm. uh, and then yeah knockart did the unforgivable and missed a penalty. <laughs> oh, yeah. my word. Let's not talk about <laughs> it. Was it. Great drama, it was great drama. It was great drama. I mean, there's three that spring to mind for Villa in the last 10-ish, 10, 15 years. One is Tyro Mings. Um, now, I know Chris <laughs> absolutely loves Tyro Mings. But for us in the championship last season, we got him on loan. And he was a big part of the reason that we then got promoted. So, 
which is why we then forked out 20, 26 million on him in the in the summer transfer window this season because he was that good. He was that important. But if I look a little bit more into the past, there were two in the same transfer window, Ashley Young and John Carew. I mean, what? Two brilliant players that came. Mm-hmm. Even better was the fact that we exchanged John Carew with Milan Barosh. So Milan Barosh went to Leon, and John Carew came the other way, and I think a bit of money was transferred as well. Um, but just an absolute cult hero. What a player. He wasn't even, I don't think, that brilliant of a footballer. He was just... like, For example, every time um, we sing his song... John Carew Carew, he's bigger than me and you. He's going to score one or two, John Carew Carew. He he would always, even if he was playing, would always stop and clap the fans. Every (laughs) single player. What a guy. He used to celebrate with the ball boys and and pick them up and stuff. He was was just loved. Still is. He's an absolute legend at Villa. Um, And would be unplayable at times. And would feel like he wasn't playing at other times. So, but a cult hero. And then Ashley Young, I mean, I think we paid something like 8 million, 9 million, something like that from Watford and didn't look the best of players when he first came for that first few months, but then just hit the ground running. And what a player Ashley Young was. To then sell him, I think, to United for 20 million-ish, 15, like 20, 20 million. 30 million, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a completely deserved to go to United. And how he then ended up as a left-back, because he was such a good attacking winger. And it was a good reason why um, the England staff rated him so highly, because yeah. he was just so good. So, he's, yeah. He's still still getting assists the other day oh. for Inter, on and his debut. He was really good. January, yeah. yeah, really good start to his career over in Italy. Yeah, yeah. Interesting yeah. to watch that one, actually. He was the kind of player you love to have but all the other teams hated. Yeah. Because he, yeah. he would go down in the minimal contact. He, he got to a point where he got really frustrating because he'd go down injured, he'd limp for about two minutes and then actually <laughs> run it off and be absolutely fine and then do the same again. The other thing he always used to do was fake to go and take a throw in, pretend to go and take it and then just drop the ball behind him and, and run up the line every time. Like, what are you, you're not going to take the throw in, are you? are wearing those slippy gloves. Of course you're not going to take the throw in. Uh, but yeah. Crazy. Uh, Chris, any Lincoln signings in January that weren't the best or haven't been fantastic? Um, yeah, yeah, well, millions, but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'll give you time to think because and even if you don't, that's fine. But No, I can't think of any. But Josh, any Leicester ones that haven't quite worked out? Um Slimani wasn't an amazing signing. I was quite excited by him at the time. He was quite... Um, I liked the look of him. He felt like he'd be a good fit. But he just didn't really didn't really shine. Um, and yeah, it's been kind of offloaded since. But I, I, I the, the other one is he wasn't... He's, he's out on loan now, but you might remember Adrian Silva. Um, yes. Well, he did, was signed like for seconds late, wasn't yeah, he? 14 <laughs> seconds late. And that was ridiculous. They make it wait for four months. I mean, that could just be like an internet connection or something. Yeah. Waiting for Absolutely mad. Absolutely mad. Um, I, I couldn't believe They were believe probably still trying to use a fax that. machine or something. <laughs> yeah, probably. But yeah, I couldn't believe they upheld that. And uh, yeah. It, it, Didn't he get it, the number 14 shirt? Did, did he actually? I don't know. Yeah, I think he kind of. Oh, I don't want to use the word celebrate, yeah. but like. Uh, I think he did. Recognised it by having a number 14 shirt for Leicester. 
<laughs> but yeah, but then kind of didn't kind of get his career going really. He's out on loan at Monaco now. So <laughs> poor guy. Oh, Monaco, great <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, they are. But yeah, to, to, to be such a... It was just weird, wasn't it? Because you, he then almost gained this status of being an unbelievable player because he wasn't playing. And because yeah. it was so clear that Leicester wanted him so badly yeah, and yeah. then became this unbelievable player without kicking a ball and then kicked a ball and everyone realised, oh, yeah. fantastic. But yeah. um, Slimani, I thought was a weird one, this transfer window, because it seemed like every club under the sun was trying to get him to come back <laughs> off loan to then buy him. Villa, Man U, Tottenham, all seemingly interested in Slimani. I can't say I've been following his form. Um, while he's been out on loan, but it, he didn't show much in the Premier League. Maybe I missed something. I think he no, no, he didn't show much. He didn't show much no. at all. No. And at age 31, I think, as well. So yeah. it wouldn't be a long-term signing for anybody. It's a great Just window a strange... to be an ageing striker, isn't it? Oh, massively, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I mean, I was looking at Villas, and we have three that really stuck out. Um, we signed a guy called Simon Dawkins uh, from Tottenham Hotspur on loan. Uh, to the end of the season. It was just the weirdest signing ever. I think he signed on the final day, so it must have been a massive panic buy. And he <laughs> played a total of four times for us before going on loan to Derby County uh, after going back to Tottenham and then signing for Derby County, playing for San Jose Earthquakes. And then I think he was last seen at Ipswich Town, but then released. It was just odd. The, odd, the most odd signing. Then one I was really excited about was Michael Bradley, you know the the former American captain yeah, and USA, yeah, 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 yeah. It could still be because I mean he's played 151 times for the United States, an incredible number of times. <laughs> we signed him alone for Borussia Mönchengladbach, and I remember he played in I think the League Cup against Man City. We lost four one. He wasn't very good, but it was his first game for Villa, and then seemingly just vanished and hardly played again. Um, played a total of three times whilst on loan for those for that period and then just went and and it was like right we've had this supposed supposedly united states one of their best ever players come on loan for, to villa for three games and then go back off again later turning up for roma for, for 41 games and being brilliant so that was a really odd one and then the final one we paid 6.5 million for a guy called jean mccoon Jean de Macoon, I think he was oh, called. I remember him. I remember Macoon. Played yeah. like three games, got sent off, didn't realise he'd be missing three games. And then and then he spoke out about it and then got dropped. And then oh, it was just, just so odd. I've never seen a guy going for so many tackles with two feet. Just every <laughs> single tackle, he was like, I'm just going to get this guy two footed. Why not? It was just such a weird signing, honestly. So, so bad. But. I just find that you can have such good signings in January and then such awful ones. And really that brings us on to a little game I've got before we go on to Chris's quiz. So this is a game of where are they now? I'd like your predictions of where these three players are now. Okay. One of them has gone out of the football business. Okay. Retired. Right. One of them has stayed around the football area and one of them is still playing, but somewhere else. Okay, so the first one we're going to look at is Daniel Agger, an absolute Liverpool legend, signed for Liverpool in January 2006, but had to retire, I think, at the age of, I think it was 31, Mm. because of injuries and and whatnot. 
Um, retired in 2016. But what I want to know <laughs> is what is he doing now? Chris, what what could Daniel Agger be um, doing now? She's Danish, isn't he? He was Danish, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Had a lot of a lot of body art all over. Oh, the does he work as a tattoo artist? Oh, that's not a bad call, Josh. Um, I'm going to go <laughs> just with a huge stereotype and just go that he works at Legoland. Yeah, yeah, Josh. No, Josh isn't right. Um, Chris, <laughs> he was a tattoo artist for a little while. Um, yeah, <laughs> became a tattoo artist, but now helps to run a sewer company called Clo Agger. <laughs> yeah. True story. So good. Yeah, no, no, I'm not, I don't make this thing, stuff up. That is um, I hope I don't. Anyway, I have researched this and it seems true. But yeah. The body art was a clue for that part, Chris, but not yeah. for the sewage company. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, Agger. Search it, yeah. Um, next one. Henrik Larsson, Celtic legend, went to Barcelona, but then signed for Man United for a, a three-month period on loan in January 2007. Okay. Um, in that famous AIG red kit mm. with the big white collar. Oh, nice kit. Um, but... I want to know, what is he now doing? So the first one went completely out of football. Yeah. Um, this guy has something. To do is with he still playing? Is that your guess, Chris? Yeah, that's my guess. <laughs> okay, Chris's guess is he's still playing at the age of like 49, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Josh, um, he could be. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm going to say that he is a, a model, a hand model. Oh, yeah. Hand model. Great right. hands. Uh, Josh, I don't know whether he is or not. He could be. <laughs> but that's not the answer. I'll take I it. No, he, he was Helsingborg manager. But oh. the reason I thought he was a bit strange was because a few months ago, he almost joined Southend United as their new manager oh, right. and was in talks, ready to be their new manager until his soon to be assistant manager got a job somewhere else. And so Henrik couldn't join Southend United. Oh, poor Henrik. I mean, is that why they ended it? So they went for Sol Campbell after that? It must be, yeah. yeah. It must be. But, yeah, yeah. Henrik Larsson could have been manager of Southend. Player manager, he could do a job for Southend. Oh, honestly. Get himself <laughs> on the end of a few crosses. How old is he? I mean, I, in fact, I'm going to just not... search that now. I think he's, I think he's about 47, 48, 49. And... Just while you look for that, Southend won their first home game in seven months uh, <laughs> at the weekend uh, by beating Lincoln City. So that was oh, Chris, what I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't begrudge Sol Campbell a bit of success because he constantly gets the worst jobs in football. Oh, he but, does. Um, it's just annoying to lose I, to a I did see team. that. It was, yeah, it was the nine, 90 plus six, wasn't it? Yes, 90 plus six, yeah. Um, and... Uh... I did see that and thought of you, actually. Yeah. But there's no way he's saving them from relegation. I mean, they are so far adrift. Yeah, they are. They're cut, but, cut off, aren't they? Poor South End. Right, last one in this where-are-they-now game. Um, Wilfred Boney, Swansea City legend the first time round. He came back and was awful. Uh, wore the number two shirt, actually, when he came back. And yeah. that didn't work out for him. Um, signed, unbelievably, for Manchester City for £28 million in January 2015. He did have a good season or two, maybe, with Swansea, but still £28 million. Definite definition of a panic buy, if ever I've seen one. <laughs> Not as much as Ben Jarney, 
when I think oh, Ben Johnny went ben from Johnny. Portsmouth to Man City. That Love was more of a panic buy. Oh, that celebration where he just pointed at people randomly. <laughs> great guy. Um, great, great guy. Um, but I want to know, still playing football, where is he playing his trade now? Oh, I feel I read about this. Is it like really he low moved. in the English he football moved. pyramid? There was a time when that kind of happened. Right. But when I say kind of, I'll tell you why in a second. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, he went, he moved this January transfer window. Oh, oh. did he? He did. And we didn't hear about it. No, you didn't hear about it. There was probably a <laughs> for it. Any any guesses? I'll even, I'll even accept a country. Um, was he from Ghana? Go for... yeah, you know, you go, Chris, because I have no idea. <laughs> well, was he from Ghana or the Ivory Coast? So Ivory, Coast. A... Ivory Coast. Is he playing in the Ivory Coast? Now? He isn't. He is not. Oh, okay. No. He is currently playing in Saudi Arabia. Oh, right. Okay. Um, oh, signed right. for Al Ittihad. So basically, he went to Man City in January 2015, then returned to Swansea, and they managed to get £12 million back for him in August 2017, so not long afterwards. Mm. Then Swansea realised that he's terrible, um, (laughs) and so released him. I think he was overweight and didn't turn up to training a few times and just wasn't um, in form. And then, Chris, you were almost right, because he went to train with Newport County. Yeah. Suddenly, yeah, that's the part I remember. Yeah. Suddenly, the Saudi Arabian giants Al Ittihad got in touch, and since then, he has been scoring for fun. Not this season; he hasn't played yet this season. But when he went on loan last season, he scored five goals in seven games. So, looking that's to good. resurrect his career <laughs> at good. the ripe old age of thirty-one. Can you imagine how wealthy he was compared to all the other Newport County players? Honestly. <laughs> Nicest car in the car park by quite a way. I mean, there was a time he scored 26 goals in 54 games for Swansea before Man City paid 28 million pounds for him. He scored 46 in 65 for Vitesse Arnhem and before that, 22 in 59 for Sparta. So there's a goal scorer in there. Mm. It's just that it didn't work out for him at Man City. And I think once you get to a club and it doesn't work out for you and you start to lose a bit of confidence, I think confidence is everything to some of these players. You've seen it with Berahino, you've seen it with so many players over the years that if they lose confidence, they just start to tumble. Fernando and Torres, it happened to. Massively, yeah. yeah. yeah Soldado at Tottenham. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. Uh, but that finishes the Where Are They Now game. I hope you enjoyed it. But what I'm really looking forward to now, Chris, is your quiz. So let's get on with it. <laughs> Now, our final part, as always, is the sports quiz. And this time, it's Chris's turn after my last turn left the scores pretty close. So I'll just go through it again. Chris, you're currently in the lead on 23 out of 45. I'm on 22 and a half out of 40. Josh is on 22 out of 45. So really close. But it's your turn, Chris. Talk us through your quiz this week. So I've returned to my tried and tested format of the... uh unbelievably weird multiple choice nice so. yeah as always yeah <laughs> so i've got some, what we come to expect i've got some interesting options for you guys and some entertaining options as well so um i think you'll enjoy enjoy these and yeah. uh oh, and you also have a 25 percent chance every time so yeah i mean yeah. true well, you, i mean you're pretty much given as the answers so <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
literally um, given literally given it us and we just got to pick the right one so chris without further ado on with your quiz please young man yep so first question uh it's started well kind of a sad reason for the question really it's a basketball question related to the uh the legend of basketball kobe bryant who unfortunately yep. Passed away last week um, in a pretty tragic helicopter accident. So there's a slight tribute to him. I thought I'd ask you guys, um, why, just simply, why was he named Kobe? So uh, the options are uh, because he was conceived in the Japanese city. Um, It's an acronym of King of Basketball Excellence. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Option C, his parents named him after a type of steak they saw on a restaurant, restaurant menu. Or option D, it was his mother's maiden name. Again, oh. you've, co- you've come up with three of those. Yeah. Not own brain. <laughs> That's really difficult. I feel like, Dan, you're able to read Chris better than me. I'm trying <laughs> to read Dan through, through Chris through you, Dan. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I've got the wrong answer, so you're all right <laughs> with that. Uh yeah, okay. I've got an answer and I'm almost certain it's wrong. So Josh, you you got an answer? <laughs> I've got one. Okay. Okay, oh. so question two is uh, <laughs> a sport that you two both watch loads of, I know. It's uh, rugby union. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um so coming into this Six Nations that's just started this weekend, France, Ireland, Italy and Wales all came into the tournament with new head coaches. Um, but which of those teams appointed a coach who used to play for them? So was it France, Ireland, Italy or Wales? Ah, oh, do I know that one? I feel like I do know that one. Okay. Dan's, Dan's got an answer straight in. I've got one. I've gone you, straight in as well. All oh, right, brilliant. Okay, that's good. Confidence. Unfounded confidence. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> could, yeah, it could be misplaced confidence. But good to if you got a good <clears throat> answer straight away. Anyway, so question three is a bit more on home turf. It's a football question. So uh, earlier on, we were talking about Adair Nagalo and his uh, return to the Premier League at Manchester United. Uh, he obviously used to play for Watford, mm. um, but his time at Watford didn't end too well. Uh, ended with a bit of a scoring drought. So I want to know, how long is his Premier League st- scoring drought currently standing at? Uh, and your four options are A, seven games, B, 10 games, uh, C, 15 games, or D, 19 games. Right. So could you go through those options again? Yeah. So I want to know how long is his scoring drought? So this obviously represents his last few months at Watford. Uh, Option A, seven games. Option B, 10 games. Option C, 15 games. Or option D, 19 games. I thought I knew that one, but actually since I've got the options, I'm really unsure. (laughs) I was convinced I knew that one. Oh no! Whatever it is, it's it's not great, is it, for a new sign (laughs) coming back to the league? (laughs) Ed Woodward listening to this going oh damn it <laughs> I knew there was something I knew about that guy yeah. I mean there's an argument that Wilfred Bolly is on like a better run having played <laughs> do you think Igala's agent had. 
Do you think Igalo's agent just like has promos from his first half of the season at Watford? And he only shows <laughs> like there's nothing else. <laughs> yeah. What happened to that? Why is there a six months missing on your CV? Ah, oh, you don't need to worry about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've got okay. one. It's wrong. Okay. Yeah, let's go. Um, I've got one too. Okay. So, fourth question. Uh, again, we're back on sports that you guys watch loads of. So, <laughs> like it. It's where we started the podcast. We're back on the Super Bowl, guys. Yes. I love that. So, Raheem Mostert uh, will be playing for the. Well, sorry. Yeah. It's happened now. Did play <laughs> for the uh, San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl uh, last night. Um, but interesting, what does Mostert's new 8.7 million contract prohibit him from doing is it option a contacting his ex-wife option b wearing jewelry on the field option c eating hamburgers or option d surfing they're all plausible aren't they guys they're all plausible you're such a canny quizzer chris so canny (laughs) What was B again? Uh, wearing jewellery on the field. Right. Okay, I think I've got one. I, f- I feel like it's... Yeah, okay. I'm not going to say anymore, just in case Josh steals my answer. Yeah, he's, he's reading your body language. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I, feel, I don't know, I just feel like I've read it somewhere. You're so easy to read, you're like an Oxford reading tree. Level one book, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it's A. <laughs> I don't actually know. I'm just guessing. I've not okay. put A, by the way. I could have put A, but you know. Cool. So, this one, pretty topical. Final question, topical from last week. Um, <laughs> if you thought the rugby union question was hard, oh. uh, we're on rugby league now, lads. Yeah, my favourite. <laughs> so, it's topical, though, because the new Super League season started on Thursday night yeah. uh, with Wigan beating Warrington. Uh, and quite an eventful match, actually. Um, I saw a bit of that. Yeah, of... crazy, wasn't it? So there's 12 teams in the league this year. There's six from Yorkshire, two from Greater Manchester, one from Merseyside, one from Cheshire. So all along the famous sort of rugby league M62 corridor. Yeah. But then there's two other teams, and I want to know where they're from. So the options are option A, a team from Wales and a team from Scotland. Option B, a team from Spain and a team from Canada. Option C, a team from Ireland and a team from the United States of America. Or option D, a team from France and a team from Canada. They all seem quite unlikely, <laughs> apart from <laughs> the ch- apart from A. And I just I mean I that's a logistical nightmare. Right. Can you go again for those ones? <laughs> option A. Wales and Scotland. Right. Option B, Spain and Canada. Option C, Ireland and the United States. Or option D, France and Canada. Oh, no. As if you put... Right. I know one of the teams. Oh, okay. But I don't know which option it is. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's really annoying when I thought I had no chance of the rugby league question. Yeah. But I know... Part. One of the teams that joined because I saw this on BBC okay. Sport a little while ago. 
Well, at least that's narrowed it down from a 25% chance to a 50%. It's a 50% chance. I know that for definite now. Uh, okay. Uh, right. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go for that one instead then. Okay. I know I one of them for definite, but I don't know the other country. <laughs> that's really annoying. <laughs> I've gone from having no hope to being like, oh, I could get oh, this one right. Could it be false hope? I know. There's definite a ray of hope. It's the hope that kills you. It is, yeah. as you'll find out uh, with Villa's season. So, uh... <laughs> Snap. So I had harsh, to get rude. <laughs> uh, okay. Right. We've so you've got an answer, guys. We have. Um, oh, well, I have. So I'm not, can't speak for Josh. I'm not in the same. I'm. I am ready. You're I'm ready, ready for oh. Hasting. We'll run through the answers then. So, question one was to do with basketball. Um, Concerning uh, the late Kobe Bryant, um, I wanted to know why he was named Kobe. So the options were he was conceived in the, Jap- in the Japanese city. Uh, it's an acronym of King of Basketball Excellence. So that'll make a bit of a stage name. Uh, option C, his parents named him after a type of steak that they saw on a restaurant menu. Or option D, it was his mother's maiden name. Uh, so, Josh, what did you go for? I went for uh, the steak. Dan? So, so did I steak yeah you're spot on guys <laughs> yes good news oh that was a complete guess as well was it oh, well, well i just assumed it wasn't the basketball one but yeah, then i thought I it's it could gonna be it one. could be any of the other ones yeah so i just guessed i thought which one sounds least plausible and i went for that one well done point each guys so Ooh. um second question would be union uh france ireland italy and wales all came into the six nations with new head coaches um, but which team appointed a coach who used to play for them? Was it France, Ireland, Italy or Wales? Dan? I've gone for Ireland. Okay, Josh? I went for France. It's a point to Josh, it's France. Oh, yes. Ireland went for um, Andy Fowell, who used to play for England, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Um, and then we've got a, a South African with Italy and a New Zealander with Wales. So, uh, yeah, quite changes for the tournament this year. So, did you know that one, Josh? I remember reading something about their coach. Uh, I thought che- I wouldn't. What a I wouldn't have... <laughs> <laughs> Can't read. <laughs> <laughs> no, well played. Two one to Josh. Then, so question three um, was our football question. So, I wanted to know how long a scoring drought Adair Nagalo is currently on, uh, coming from his time at Watford. So, the options were. A, a seven-game scoring drought. B, 10 games. C, 15 games. Or D, 19 games. Uh, Josh, what did you go for? I went for B, 10 games. 10 games. Dan? I changed it between C and D the whole time. <laughs> what did you end but up But I with? think it was like a four-month drought or something, so I went for D. You're both wrong, guys. It was C. No! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I kept changing it between the two. Okay. Yeah, oh, that is a dreadful drought. That is awful. He's dry. It's like the Sahara Desert out there. Oh, <laughs> the problem is, I changed it like right at the last minute as well. Oh, Dan, that's a that's, that's a all. Well, I just trust your instinct. That's what you got to do. Believe in yourself. I didn't. I changed it. Nightmare. So it stays two on to Josh. Um, Fourth question was our NFL Super Bowl related question. So it's Raheem Mostert, uh, who's plays for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, 
But what does his new $8.7 million contract prohibit him from doing? The options were contacting his ex-wife, wearing jewellery on the field, eating hamburgers or surfing. Dan, what did you go for? I just assumed it would be something that could get him injured. So I went for surfing. Okay, Josh? I went for hamburgers. Dan has levelled it up at two all. It's surfing. Yeah, I just went for something that I thought... If you're paying 8.7 million, you probably don't want him to get injured in this silly way. So I just went. Yeah, that's true. But, but then, then why wouldn't it be also under think... the misadventure clause? You know, like if surely they, anything like climbing or yeah, kayaking well, yeah. or something, anything. <laughs> so the reason it's surfing is because um, Mostert grew up on the coast in Florida and um, was actually offered a surfing contract before going into NFL. He was really, really good at surfing. Wow. Um, so it was one of the interviews I saw. He was asked about it before the Super Bowl um, about this clause in his contract, and he said he doesn't really mind because he'll have plenty of time to hopefully do it when he's finished playing uh, playing football. So, so yeah, something wow, to look forward to in his retirement. So um, yeah, so that's two each. So we go into the yeah the final question, um, which I would be question, which is particularly interesting for Dan, considering he seemed Ooh. to go for a. A lot of angst in the yeah. courts of answering this question. <laughs> so, so the question was, um, the new Super League season kicked off on Thursday. Um, with 12 teams in the league this year, six from Yorkshire, two from Greater Manchester, one from Merseyside and one from Cheshire. Um, but where are the other two teams from? So option A was one from Wales and one from Scotland. Option B was one from Spain and one from Canada. Option C was one from Ireland and one from the United States. And option D was one from France and one from Canada. Josh, what did you go for? So, full disclosure, I had no idea at all. So, I went for D, France and Canada. Okay, Dan? I remember reading about Toronto Yeah. playing in the Rugby League. And so, I knew one was Canada. And I feel like there's a Catalan or something. So, I went Canada and Spain. So, Canada is correct. It's the Toronto Wolfpack. And the team is called the Catalans Dragons. But the team play in France. Oh, wins. yes! That's <laughs> it. Why are they Catalan? called Catalan Dragons? That's they... ridiculous. <laughs> and that's why I went for Spain. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's a Catalan team. So I'm Surely go that. Dan deserves half a point for that. No, I don't want it, Josh. I don't want your points. <laughs> don't want a pity point. to preserve a lead. What here, I want so, is, uh, Cat- is Catalan playing in Spain or Barcelona, where they belong. Yeah, that is mad, isn't it? So, like, <laughs> when I read it, I was thought, what? <laughs> Just weird. Oh, no, that's crazy. That red herring has caught you. It has, yeah. Like, uh, I finally thought I knew something about rugby league. I remember reading about perfectly. Toronto. Your logic was foolproof. Oh. It was all there. That will teach you to take an interest in rugby league, Dan. It will. (laughs) I think the thing that will teach me most is change my answer of Agalo from C to D. Mm. I should have trust my instinct. But I got three points. I got two points, sorry. Josh, you got three points. So the scores on the doors are, Josh, you are currently on 25 out of 50. Exactly half. I... I'm on 24 and a half out of 45. And Chris, you are on 23 out of 45. With Josh's left to play in this round, anybody's to play for. I mean, if I get zero and Chris gets two, we're within half a point of each other. 
and I won't make it that hard. There will, I mean, you'll get one. <laughs> hopefully, I get one. I mean, that'd be nice. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, Chris, great quiz. Better luck next time for me. Josh, well played. The winner this week. Right, that's all we've got time for this week. Um, it's been a lovely podcast, gents. Enjoyed the new format. Enjoyed the 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 change around with the with the slightly longer middle section. Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, felt felt fresh. Felt good. I enjoyed. Ready yeah, enjoyed the, the chat. That, <laughs> yes. The Christmas break, you felt you felt reengaged, reinvigorated. Transfer window chat, good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. it. Yeah, great. I enjoyed reminiscing now. as well about the um, the the Villa, well, the Villa successes and complete non-successes that was that was lovely to to listen back to and uh josh had forgotten how good leicester have been in the january transfer window yeah in the that past was yeah that was used to me <laughs> 10 years or so mm, yeah I mean, that that scout deserves i mean i know he wasn't signed in january but i think but that scout deserves a lot of credit for the likes of kante mares yeah I don't think even the best scout could have envisaged Danny Drinkwater getting a Premier League medal, to be fair to and him. Now, Where's Morgan? Mm. <laughs> and now he's at Aston Villa. There and he is. Are you pleased? Um, he's a bit <laughs> underwhelming so far. He needs to get up to scratch again because he hasn't started well. Let's put it that way. He wasn't even <laughs> in the matchday squad this weekend. So I don't I think he's impressed. Jeez. I, I think it was the start against Man City. He was playing in the in the central midfield and they made 893 passes and our central midfield combined three of them, Louise, uh, Louise, drink water and maybe Horahan. I can't remember combined out of Manchester city's 893 passes made four tackles. <laughs> so I think he was, after, oh, he was, he was sold up the river though. That. Oh, like, absolutely. Why, oh, absolutely yeah. why, why did they play a guy who hasn't played any football for three years? Oh, crazy. Against life. the champions. Like, that's. I think three of his suicide. last four games were against Man City as well. Yeah, and they didn't go very well either. So. <laughs> he was dealt no, a rough hand. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree with that. He's just. Uh, he's not the player that I thought we were going to get. I thought we'd have this midfielder that was able to spray a pass and, and, and be creative and go forward and. He just seems to run around a lot and and get on the wrong side of of the attackers a lot and 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 not really do an awful lot and pass sideways. So great <laughs> sign, enjoy, great, great sign. Yeah, there's, there's still time, plenty. There's stuff. still time. Yeah, there's still time. So it's fine. Um, but are you guys back next week? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, all being well. I'm at the National Pun Championships. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Making up a fake excuse yet again. Pun Championships. The National Pun Championships. Are you competing? Christmas present. I wish I was competing. Yeah, it's my Christmas present. Yeah. I think hopefully they've got some talent scouts there and they will pick me up and I'll just. (laughs) If if I'm not in touch, you'll know why because I'm touring the sort of UK comedy circuit. Just just give them that Eddie and Katia joke um, completely out of context. (laughs) Yeah. And that off air, did that go go cough one, which I still think. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. That was excellent. Well, um, well, if it's not on air, it doesn't count. So, <laughs> never. Um, well, Josh isn't going to be back next week, Chris. So, guest host it is, and I've got somebody in mind because 
a little sneak peek, there's going to be someone joining the, the Sports Weekly team in the not too distant future. But we'll, we'll, we'll tell people more about that next week when hopefully we have the guest host on himself. Obviously, Josh, he wouldn't replace you. Yeah, well, but, uh, you know, see how he does, but, you know, might, might I mean, do well. I mean, keep on this nonsense of missing every week and yeah, you'll I'll get your comeuppance, nice, man. I'll send you some nice puns. To, uh, yeah, uh, to please do throughout the whole podcast so we can... Sports-based. Sports-based. Please, yeah, that'd be absolutely brilliant, yeah. In <laughs> fact, if you don't, I'll be really disappointed now. So please send us the best puns and we will read them out live on air. As if you're here, Josh, lighting okay. up our world. It's a deal. Oh, well, sounds fantastic. Um, but Chris, I'll see you next week. Yeah, cheers, Dan. See you next Josh, week. Josh, I'll, I'll think about you next week. Think about you guys too, and I'll message you <laughs> lots. And I'll read, <laughs> I'll read your your lovely text to me next week as well. Um, for everybody that listened, thank you very much. If you haven't yet found us on social media, we are at Pod Sports Weekly. That's at Pod Sports Weekly on both Twitter and Facebook. Or just send us an email to tell us how beautiful we probably are based on our voices. And that's sportsweeklypod at gmail.com. That's sportsweeklypod at gmail.com. But until next time, that's everything from Sports Weekly. Thank you for listening and good night.